Red Channel Condition with Michael. At this point, all the days bleed together. Jonathan. Fuck you, I love this planet. And Peter. This is blowing my mind. And welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of Red Channel Condition. And remember, if you like what you hear on this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a like, comment, or subscribe. I'm Peter, and I'm once again joined by my two co-hosts, Michael and Jonathan. What's going on, guys? How's it hanging? Slowly recovering. Recovering? From what? I mean, it's summer, the things are coming back to life. What, yeah. What, what's, what's going on? I decided to try and, like, I guess, be physically active, and I think I might have triggered my golfer's elbow from, like, <laughs> 10 years ago. What did you do? I don't even know. I went to I went to pick up a weight and I guess like my arm just fell off. Wow. Jesus Christ, dude. I like it's one of those things that um that just kind of remind you that you're not 20 anymore. So Yeah, you so, should yeah. come over and play some badminton with me. That's a good uh that's some good exercise. Yeah, that's another. You know what? After this, no, I'm done. I'm done with physical activity. Wow, just back into basement. I tried it. I gave it a shot. Nothing but keyboard and mouse from me from now on. You know, I got I gotta say that I'm skeptical of this this uh, bougie ass you know, golfing elbow. I think it's an injury to your spanking arm. <laughs> I mean, it is the same arm. That is where I derive my power from. <laughs> so, are you out of spanking for a season? What's how are you gonna spank? Are you an ambidextrous spanker? That's impressive. You do what you have to do. Wow. Both arms played hard. I don't know. I tried jerking it with my left once, and I, it just didn't feel the same, so I couldn't finish. <laughs> That's, like a That's like a stranger. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, even that would turn me on a little, but, you know. I don't know. It just it didn't feel right. You know you know what you like, right? Especially when you're using your own equipment. I mean, but there's something to be said for mixing it up, no? All right. Are you are you as as well an ambidextrous spanker, John? I mean, that's news to me. You you have to be like you can't just. Wow, you guys jacks of all trades for fun. I mean, you really do though, because like you're. Well, I mean, we're are, are we all uh, righties here? Yeah, I'm a right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a righty. Individual. Okay, so the right arm is your mouse arm, and how are you going to browse with your left hand and and go with your primary? See? Well, in theory, you know, you, you could use a touchpad with your left hand. See, but then... then wow! Yeah, like, look, look at this guy. This, this guy is actually Jesus. the ambidextrous guy. <laughs> You're using touchpads? No, that's, that's too advanced for well, me. This guy's the fucking... The, the Hank Aaron, the Shohei Otani of fucking, of fucking porn browsing. This guy is, you know... He's a switch, he's a switch hitter. Well, honestly, I can give you, I can give you a, a, a really good reason why this would be a beneficial skill for you to use a, a touchpad with your left hand, because then your right hand is free to jerk while you scroll <laughs> and or, you know, flip between tied, your favorite time codes of the porno. That's amazing. So, like, you're saying, like, how, how, how do you jerk it with your no, left hand? No, yeah, well, it's not like I hand. can't Meanwhile, pick up, like, a... you're using, like, three-fingered swipe and, like... <laughs> yeah. Swipe and pinch formation with your left mouse. hand, but my dick needs. But my dick needs the good touch. That needs the, uh, that. That can't be off its game. That touch has got to be right. Like I can survive with a wobbly mouse. You know what I mean? That's a drop. So summer's yeah. finally here, gentlemen. What did you do with I mean, you, Mike? You worked out a little bit, John. What did you do with your weekend? Uh, I worked. That's <laughs> that sucks. That's, that's what I did. <laughs> Uh, it sucks, man. That is what I will probably be doing for the foreseeable future. You know, started a different gig, so you know I'm trying to you know get good and get through training. So you know, taking extra time to get extra reps. Uh, you know? I'm so jealous of your you and your career and your life. No. Very very disconcerting for me. <laughs> yeah, don't don't be don't be jealous. You know, it's I mean we're all you know we're all working you know. That's you know, we're all we're all doing our best and stuff, you know. So, you know, I'm me. I'm just trying not to get tennis elbow or golf golfer's elbow, as as they say <laughs> in the streets. Wow. All right. Well, your your body may be broken, but I may be able to heal your soul a little bit. And continuing on, um, we guys, it's time for messages from the ether. 
All right, all right. So we got we got a little bit more fan mail in in our bucket here, and I'm I'm impressed. This is, this is what the third straight week in a row that we we got some mail from from one of our listeners, asking us to talk about uh, a specific topic, and it's a very 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 kind, very well written email. If you if you don't mind, I'm just gonna pull that up and read it for you guys. So we got an email from a listener, and it reads as follows: Salutations and greetings, Red Channel Condition Bros. First and foremost, you guys are great. Your thoughts on social, your thoughts on societal issues, technological advancements, and albeit nerd shit, are entertaining and insightful. I enjoy how varied your topics are, just as much as, just as much as your wild, wild banter. You guys are a pleasure to listen to. You guys are the bee's knees and keep up the great work. Heart. They actually wrote a heart. Awesome. So I'm uh- writing this email. Not only to sing your praises from the deepest, sparkliest part of the internet, but also to pick your brains. My partner and I recently stumbled upon an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine by the name, and, uh, by the name of Trials and Tribulations, Season 5, Episode 6. Not sure if you guys remember this, but Cisco and his team end up inadvertently traveling to the past while transporting a Bajoran artifact. In so doing, Cisco, O'Brien, etc., uh, end up interacting with Captain Kirk and his crew. It's crazy how the different scenes looked, uh, parentheses, time jump versus pre-time jump, and watching, Jadzia, and watching Jadzia actively scheme on Spock made me chuckle. Do you guys have any insight as towards how this could be achieved in 1996? Also, which technological advancements in entertainment in this decade do you think impress people in the future? Sincerely, DS9 till vacation time. That is a fantastic email. Thank you, yeah. listener. I fuck yeah. I li- shout out to the listeners. I I love I love listener uh listener retention. I love that shit. Yeah, that's a that's a letter and a half. Yeah, it was very, very yeah, kind. Yes. There's I feel the love in this email. Well done. And I'm glad they're watching. Probably one of the best like Star Treks to have Star Trek. You know, oh, absolutely! DS9. Deep Space Nine is the best. Yeah. Um, ironically enough, um, this episode was actually inspired due to the fact that the 30th anniversary of Star Trek was approaching. Oh. And originally, um, Ira Steve Bear, I think that's right. That's one of the producers for Deep Space Nine. Um, mm-hmm. Right, Ira Bear. Yeah. Um, he didn't really think that uh, Rick Berman and the guys in charge of Star Trek were really, you know, were really going to throw him any kind of bone in terms of, uh, you know, uh, celebrating the 30th anniversary. They, they kind of felt like the black sheep or the, the forgotten crew of Star Trek at the time. Wow. But he, in fact, did. Rick Berman approached uh, Iris Steve Bear to say, hey, do you want to do something to celebrate uh, the 30th anniversary? And, and and Ira thought about it, and he said, absolutely. And so he had one of his guys come up with some test footage where he digitally inserted, like, uh, some random dude, like one of the producers or, or, or somebody, uh, onto, this, onto the set of the original series and just and showed it to his fellow producers. And when they thought that they were just looking at a scene from the original episode, uh, he greenlit production for Trials and Tribulations. Um, so it was, it was impressive enough to fool the people who were making this stuff. And, uh, basically what they did was they had, I think they either had some access to the original sets or, or actually did rebuild. I know they actually rebuilt the model of the enterprise for this, uh, for this episode. Um, and they, yeah, they, they digitally inserted, um, you know, Dax and Cisco, uh, into, into, into scenes from the original series um, specifically from trials and tribulations, but or uh, or excuse me, for, ex- specifically from trouble with tribbles. Yes. But they 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 stole a couple things uh, from from other episodes as well to make it to make it look like I, I think there's a specific scene on the bridge where Cisco is handing Kirk the like uh, duty roster or something, and that footage is actually from Mirror Mirror. Uh, but the way that they erase um, the yeoman and insert Cisco. Uh, really does make it seem like the two of them in, were interacting. And at the time, this made television history. This was a really big deal, and it, it got really high ratings. Um, so, yeah, listener, that's that's kind of what inspired this and, and how they did it. And it, it, it did cost a lot of money, and it was a really big deal in terms of special effects back then. 
like Hollywood tech at the time. Yeah, it was just done with like Forrest Gump. I remember that where right. they inserted Forrest Gump in like historical archival footage or something. Right, but exactly. That's a movie budget. I don't know how they did it on a TV show budget. Like how expensive must this this episode must have been right. in order to be able to do that? Like you know, in ninety six. I, I think one of the. And one of the reasons they probably got away with it was that they were celebrating the 30th anniversary and they wanted to do something special and something impressive. And I think they pulled it off beautifully because it, that episode holds up today. I love that episode. Yeah, the effect actually still holds up to this day. It doesn't look any worse right. now for time. It doesn't look like he's just keyed in there, you know? Right. I can kind of understand how perhaps you would do it now, right? With your Premiere Pros and everything where, yeah, you just cut out the guy or maybe do something behind a green screen, insert and adjust some shadows with like markers and stuff. Like I can kind of get that. But if you take away all of this video editing software, which just didn't exist at the time, that's like magic to me. Yeah, pretty impressive for the time, absolutely. Um, and we're we're glad, listener, that you are engaged with Star Trek: D Space Nine. That's a personal favorite of mine, and I think it's a fantastic, and at oftentimes uh, underrated Star Trek show. So keep watching; it, it only gets better from there. Now, now that you were talking about it, it, it might be time for a uh, for a rewatch um, because a lot of the stuff that happens before the uh, Dominion War or it isn't something that I really remember, but the, there's a lot of good episodes even before that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But to answer your last question, listener, which technological advancements in entertainment in this decade do we think will impress people in the future? I'm going to open that up to you guys. Mike, what do you think is going to be the most impressive technical advancement in entertainment this decade? Uh, I, I think it's got to be like bringing back people from the dead with CGI. Um, like it's kind of maybe not that great right now still, but it's actually, they do a pretty good job in some of the Star Wars, um, you know, the later Star Wars movies. And also like the CGI in, in terms of animals, I think they've like really nailed already that we can already see from like the Lion King. So a lot of the CGI work has gotten so good. That'll impress people that like they would look back to like this time, be like, how did those people actually manage to do all of this stuff with what they had? Okay, John, what do you think? You know, me personally, I think the tech that's going to impress people the most in this decade, I think AI. You know, as far as for creative purposes, like you know, scripting things, or you know, like AI neural networks that are able to you know enhance CGI, enhance textures, or like compose music. I think we're going to get to the point within the next even like ten years or less where you know we can we can procedurally generate content that's actually creative and good, right? So you might have, like, a script that doesn't, you know, suck, that's made entirely via AI, right? Like, what if you could make, like, a completely AI-generated, you know, sci-fi? And, wow. you know, yeah. you know, the, the script you know, actually seems like it has some, some human flair to it, right? I think we're going to get to a point within the next 10 years or so that, you know, it's going to be indistinguishable from like a sufficiently creative human scripting. Yeah, for sure. That would be really fucking cool. We already have you. uh, We have some people doing stuff like that. I also read something about uh, AI voice actors, right? So like you have like AI voice actors in video games, you're doing, uh, you easily, you easily replicated clips, you know, like, Hey, you listen, guy, you like, how's it going? Like stuff like that. Right. I think we're going to wow. that's going to be even stronger before this decade you know, finishes and you're going to have entire dialogues, you know, again, based on some of these you know, procedurally generated scripts that sound you know, and read properly you know, in games and in you know, CG movies or whatever. You're very natural. Yeah, that'll oh, put me out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as you're about to break in, right? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> breaking in oh you i don't know i think uh, i think people are uh pretty uh i don't want to say easily distracted but let's go with that um i see a lot of the uh like augmented reality and and vr stuff getting getting pretty if that gets pretty good or pretty entertaining i think that that's gonna eat up a lot of our attention because you know we're always looking for a way to escape actual reality so holodeck let's do it yeah i mean if you could make something like a real holodeck 
like you know something like that you know it doesn't have to be i mean they are i think they are actually uh there was there maybe we'll do that next week or something there there was a story about uh tangible holograms that that somebody was working on i'll find out more information about that but i think that's probably on the horizon you know augmented or virtual reality that is actually good that people would probably get pretty lost in yeah i'm there for that um yeah that's 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 probably my pick. But uh, thank you, listener, for the for the beautiful email and the questions. Uh, we love that. And uh, please don't hesitate to send more. Absolutely. All right. And uh, while, while we're on the subject of Star Trek, uh, thank you, listener, for bringing that up because it's one of our favorite topics. Guys, did you see the new trailer for Picard Season 2? I did. <clears throat> I did see that. Uh, Holy fuck. What did you think? Yeah, um... You, I'm, I'm excited. You, I don't. You, are, are we past spoiler time? Like, is it, is it cool to, to talk about what we saw in it? Can, can, can you, can you spoil trailers? Is, is well, that I a mean, thing? Hey, you know, maybe, again. Okay, well, you know, fuck it. You, personally, I haven't seen it, um, <laughs> but that's fine because I don't want to see anything to do with this show until it happens on screen. <laughs> No, but you you didn't watch the trailer. Yeah. Bullshit. No, I, I I saw the um I saw the first one right where it's just like Q. I mean yes, but I didn't see any of the subsequent trailers if they're if they had other trailers. Like does there does there need to be anything else but fuck you? There's Q though. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like like I saw that one trailer. I was like, that's good enough for me. Well, fuck. Now I don't want to spoil it for you because there's there's. There's nothing to spoil. You can't spoil trailers. That all right? Well, that's you should go watch that fucking trailer. Post haste, motherfucker, because there's shit <laughs> I want to talk to you about. Honestly, seems seems like what's okay. new in it, John. So 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 basically, we we see Picard back at his vineyard. Mm-hmm. He's he's chilling out, um, and he's he's paid a visit from his old friend slash antagonist Q, who also uh, looks a, a a good amount older or in appearance than we last saw him. And mm. um, basically, we, we, it, it seems like there's there's some time travel at play, but what, what really seems to be going on is that there's, it looks like there's an alternate timeline playing out. I, I, it, it's not clear if it's like a mirror universe or a timeline that we haven't seen before, but there's there's weird Federation uniforms. It looks like there are, member species of the federation that weren't in there before mm-hmm. it it almost has a mirror universe feel but i didn't actually see a mirror universe logo of any type so i don't know and also we saw a shot of seven of nine without her, her without her borg shape, implants yeah. as if she was always human which which we'll, we'll find i don't know what's going on with that so very huh? interesting trailer check okay. it out uh very excited q is back q q looks like q he sounds like q and he's he's doing q things so i, I can't wait to watch did this trailer make you more excited or was it or did, or were you already at maximum excitement for Look, I mean, once they announced, you know, they did a teaser with just like a, a, a like a playing card with a Q on it. And I, that got my dick pretty hard. But to actually <laughs> see Q again, um, talking to Picard, you know, I, look, season one it was kind of. You know, it started strong, but I think ended up kind of being a shit show towards the end. Um, I have my criticisms with uh, season one of Picard, but you know what? I can't. I can't even hate because it's it's Patrick Stewart, it's Jean Luc Picard, it's Jean De Lance. It's you know, it's Star Trek. I want to see. I'm not going to stick my nose up at that. So I'm very much excited to see what's going on in season two. That's why I was like, I don't. I don't need any more trailers. It's not because I want to be spoiled. It's I'm already at maximum excitement. Full, I can't get any more excited. Can you wait till 2022 to, to see a frame of this? I can't. I, I'll suck up every last nanosecond <laughs> I can. You think they're going to put any of the rest of the TNG you know, cast in there? Uh, yeah, I would have to say probably. I hope so. I don't know if they're going to do it. Like, LeVar Burton kind of came out and said, like, he hasn't been approached yet, I, I don't think. But you would think eventually they get to everyone, but it probably only makes sense, like, if it's kind of has something to do with the story, right? 
I mean, it's just fascinating to me because like this the story is you know you know Patrick Stewart had a fair amount of creative control over season one so as far as where the story goes I feel like it could go you know wherever the fuck he wants if he wants Jordy in it Jordy's gonna be in it you know right. the only reason why Jordy wouldn't be in it is if Patrick Stewart's like no. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, you know, they could have anyone they want, really. It's do they want them or, or I don't know. You know, I, I, maybe that's just me, but. I'm sure if Patrick Stewart wanted to steer the uh, conversation to have something to do with Jordy, that then it'll just happen. Yeah. You know, look, well, the last time we let Patrick Stewart steer the conversation, he, he ended up a robot. So I'm not sure if that's such a great idea. <laughs> You know, I don't know what bothers me more about the robot. <laughs> if it's the robot or if it was the um, the alien flower vulvas that came out of the planet. Like, I don't know. Both of those things were pretty bad. All right. The, the flower vulvas were pretty bad. But, like, again, I think the thing that angered me the most was the 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 shadowy villain we never see. The, like, the tentacle hentai space oh, yes. thing. Yes, the that hentai turned out robot. To, yeah, the hentai robot from the future alternate dimension or something that we never really talk about or explore or understand. So, yeah, that was weird. So, as a person who is relatively new to Trek or, or more accepting of, of Trek, John, how does Q being in... Does that affect like what you are anticipating? Are, are you even more excited with each passing trailer well you know i gotta say you know, based on the way that i've consumed star trek over the years the appearance of q is kind of like you know, uh you know a big deal to me because you know, q is a wild card like q makes shit happen that you don't expect to happen right and you can't really predict you know, what q is going to do what he's going to say or how he's going to say it you know, Q does things that are, you know, outrageous and funny sometimes too. So, you know, mm -hmm. you don't know what that's going to bring to each episode. Like Q, the fact Q will surprise you guys, right? So that that's yeah. uh that makes it even more exciting to me, you know, as somebody that gets to follow you you know, Q doing Q shit, you know, live as he's doing it, you know, for the first time. Um so like I'm very I'm very excited about that. As far as the, you know, any uh, implications on the plot for I guess season two of Picard, right? So you know, if you know, if time is broken and you know, maybe you have alternate universes or you know, multiple timelines and shit like that, or you have the ability to just you know, snap and just erase any kind of things that you that may have happened, you know, like that could be interesting. Maybe you have episodes like kind of like the ones in. Uh, TNG where you know, Picard does not take command and he's just like a regular ass uh, new wow. person on the ship, right? So like, what if you have like entire you know, episodes where you're talking about you know, shit like that in uh, Picard season two? Like, there's there's all kinds of ways that this could go, you know? Like, I'm I'm wow. I'm personally you know, very excited about it. I mean, I'd love if. They could make it so that season one basically never happened. <laughs> you know, like Picard wakes up, like, oh, it's a dream. That'd be cool. Well, I mean, Q could just snap his fingers and then he's a human again or whatever. But that would be the most terrible way out of a bad idea ever. <laughs> but like, I could totally see that happening. Mike, are you excited? Or, or what do you what do you feel? What's your what's your gut instinct here now that Q's back? What do you what do you think is gonna? How you feel about this? I I have no idea how any of this is gonna shape out with multiple timelines. Or, um, I I've heard rumors that they were trying to merge a lot of the the JJ verse into like the prime continuity, or if it has anything to do with that at all. After the first season, I'm trying not to have outrageous kind of hopes, right? I remember the first season where we saw that cube and like Seven basically becoming the Borg and then having absolutely nothing happening and how kind of disappointing that was. Um, so I'm going to enter into season two with 
just nothing on my mind except for wow no that's cute. I, I don't I don't really care so much about the plot. I'm just glad to see John DeLancey back into it. And I make no for sure. predictions for where it where it goes. Like I'm trying not to be that fan this time around. Like I'm just trying to be happy. I'm just trying to be happy with the show. <laughs> so that's a good way to go about it. Just em- embrace what the show is. Yep. Like I haven't gotten to that point with Discovery yet. Like I just can't get over some of that shit. But I'm trying and I'm working on myself every single day. I'm like my own personal therapist, getting over that toxic fandom, right? That's kind of prevalent in today's society. That's good. You know, the first step is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Work on work on your, you know, psychotic hatreds and, and pet peeves. Yeah. Well, well. Speaking of, of about you know where the future may be bringing us, or what kind of future w- we we have to expect from the world, um, there was a big article in the news today about uh, an antitrust suit brought against Facebook, apparently by, let's see, it's like a federal judge threw out two antitrust lawsuits brought against Facebook by the Federal Trade Commission in more than 40 states, alleging that Facebook was a, mono- was a monopoly in terms of personal and social networking. Um, hmm. I guess based on the fact that they had acquired, uh, you know, smaller uh, you know, social networking sites like or, or apps like um, uh, Snapchat, Snapchat and Instagram. Um, and they threw it out because apparently, you know, the 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 states had taken too long to raise this challenge. So, um, what do you guys make of that? See, that's the problem I, I have with the whole monopoly thing, right? Like, I know Facebook is is big evil and is super big, and you know, Zuckerberg just wants to like you know, take all of your data and, and 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 sell it and whatever. But I don't know if that actually falls under. Um, a monopoly like it there are other options you know if you don't like instagram that facebook owns like you could jump ship to snapchat don't you they don't own snapchat to... too though i don't think so do they um i think snapchat I'm is gonna... its own thing yeah oh, i think okay. right, yeah right, right. i think yeah like they can they can go and you know, you can use that. You don't have to use um, WhatsApp. You could use Signal. You can use Google Messenger. You could use... iMessenger. There are alternatives, I guess, right? Like, I understand how it, it's it's big and, and scary, but the legal kind of framework for what a monopoly is and I, I, don't, I don't know like it's it kind of makes sense just on its face why they just threw it out it's a yeah I'm not I'm, I'm not saying there's there they don't have uh you know there, that there's not other options out there I, I I tend to agree with with the with the decision even though I don't really like it yeah I, I see I don't like it right because like I don't want Facebook or other tech companies to get more powerful but I mean, either the laws have to change, or you gotta, well, you gotta make a coherent legal argument. It's one of those things where you know, like, yeah, you know, that's true. You know, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta play within the bounds of the game and stuff like that. But like, like we know what we're trying to do here, right? Like, I, I wish that we didn't have to, you know, deal with you know, the you know, the nuts and bolts of the, the pure law, because like what really is trying, you know, people are trying to do is like regulate, you know, uh, these large, you know, social media companies, these large, you know, uh, tech companies that you know, control so many different vertical silos of, of things hinging around you know, people's user information, right? So like, Yes, technically, you know, Facebook is not a monopoly, right? Like, technically, Google is not a monopoly, you know, so on and so forth. However, you know, like, the size of them is such that, you know, they, like, they might as well be, right? You know, mm-hmm. sure, like, you could go to some other site, but there's no fucking users there, right? 
you know, sure you could go to you know some other website, but most of those other websites, their APIs are developed just to pipe information back to those large places anyway, right? Like, you know, you're just try you're just trying to get to the the larger websites, the larger you know, uh, the more functional API, the the more happening social media location, you know, anyway, right? And you also you they you if you don't do that, then you know these companies get to grow bigger and bigger, and they can control more and more user data, you know, more and more you know algorithms, you know, and you do more and more things you know, outside of the bounds of society, you know. So like that's you know yeah like it's not a monopoly I guess you know by way of these you know by way of these uh cases getting thrown out. You know, but like I just, you know, I hate how t like that's like you know, are technically true like the subreddit like you, know, mm -hmm. like I hate that that's you know, that's what we're doing here right like you you filed the wrong case so like fuck you like that's it like not that you know, not that the point is wrong the way that you made the point is wrong. I mean the alternative would be trying to regulate how big Facebook can get you know. Well, why can't you do that? Because that opens a Pandora's box in yeah. terms of how successful can your company be in a capitalist society, which I don't think a lot of people, you know, who are who fancy themselves entrepreneurs are going to go for. I mean, that's a that's a can of worms, you know, like the game plan, I guess, right, is let Facebook get as big as possible and then classify it as a utility. Basically, what what we should do with telecoms and then regulate it through that way. As a as a public utility, I don't I don't know, uh, but it's trying trying to throw throw up a monopoly argument is kind of it's kind of weak. It sucks that it's weak, you know, because it it totally is way too fucking big and way too fucking powerful. But it mm -hmm. technically is not a you know doesn't meet the definition of a monopoly because they're not the only game in town. You know, like like John said, like you'd have to figure out a way to say like, OK, they're they're not a monopoly, but they're too fucking big. But what is too big? What is too successful? Like. Right. I don't know if that's an argument you're going to win in America when the companies merge and they have to get approval and, and all that stuff. That's when you want to make these arguments. Right. This would be unfair competition and, and all that stuff. But now that it's already happened and Facebook has owned WhatsApp and Instagram for a long time already, you know, it's, it's a little too late to try and to pull that rabbit out of your hat. Or come at them from a different angle, you know, come up with a different argument, you know, but coming, coming at them for, for business acquisitions that they made almost a decade ago doesn't seem like the right way to do it. If the laws aren't working... You gotta work to change the laws. I mean, that's harder, easier said than done. Feels don't matter in in that legal in that legal setting, or not even justice, right? Like justice doesn't even matter. You're not here to, you don't go to court to get justice, right? You're you're just there to get what it is you think you deserve within that legal framework. Yeah, it's just, it's really weird to me. It's like, you know, how you said, you know, you got to work to change the laws. But, you know, we all know in this country that that, <laughs> that costs money. And who's yes. got the money? <laughs> Facebook's got the money. <laughs> you know, they've got the lobbyists. They've got the, you know, the, the, the power play here. So I don't I don't even know how you, you know, how much how are you going to get more money than Facebook to change people's minds? I don't I don't know how you do that. <laughs> you probably aren't going to. Right. So we've written ourselves <laughs> into a corner here in America. <laughs> An educated voting public is is probably is is supposed to be the counter to all that, but you know, like the the way the system is set up is that you know most people are probably just too busy trying to survive than care about what Facebook is doing with data that they don't really. I don't think people understand really what data is. You know, it's like oh yeah, so they have what I do for a living or a couple of pictures in a you know in, mm -hmm. in my birthday like. What does that matter to me? I don't think people value their data all that much. Maybe that's starting to change, but I think a lot of that kind of apathy towards it is 
has a lot to do with it. Like, oh, for sure. Who, who cares? Hey, you know, let that... me let me ask you guys a question. Um, and I I'm kind of getting I I I want to try to get the consensus of the common man, but since we don't have that in our panel, <laughs> we just have us. I just want to ask your opinions and get your thoughts. Um, so like you know, let's say all right. Yeah, I'm scratching my nuts and my balls smell, right? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I wish I had some Gold Bond medicated powder for my nuts or something. Right? <laughs> and I, I log on to my computer and there's an ad for Gold Bond medicated powder or whatever, right? And, and that kind of freaks me out because I know that, you know, big tech is listening. You know, my, my phone is you know, always in earshot and there's a, there's a microphone on my computer. And this is how they, you know, this is how they, this is how they sell a lot of their products. They're, you know, they, they can listen and they can, they can discern what, you know, what products you're interested in and what you want to buy. And, and to me, that's kind of freaky. But, I mean, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is to a lot of people. I, I don't know if, if, you know, Joe Schmo is sitting at home and be like, I want that that powder and then there's an ad for it and he's like oh wow that's convenient what what do you what do you think about that <laughs> like i i'm you know, i'm vehemently opposed to you know things just casually listening and you know, for advertising purposes that's the that's the reason why you you my position on these things is that these things need to be regulated right because you know, these companies control you know algorithms that could you know, be used to you advertise that could be used to you you maybe who knows like maybe you could reach even further into people's psyches right because like you there's an argument that you advertising is like you suggestion right like you're suggesting to somebody you know to buy something to need something right to go somewhere to do some kind of thing or something like that so you know if you're controlling a powerful algorithm you that could that can both deliver advertising or suggestions to people you know, like that, but also you know, could learn how to do so more efficiently. Could learn, you know, for example, when your balls are the are the sweatiest, <laughs> right? What if it could predict? What if it can predict exactly when your balls get sweaty? You know, and when you when you have the mustiest scrotum, and as such, you need that you know, that gold bond medicated powder. You know, what if it decides that you know, at the same time that you need that gold bond medicated powder, you know, now you're gonna cool yourself down with like a a, a nice refreshing cacti, you know, uh, you know, hard cactus beverage or something like that. So like that sounds good. Start sending you shit like that, and you know, hey, you know, what if it says, you know what, like now you're relaxed, your balls are cool and dry, you know, like you're drinking some stuff, you. Know, now you need to listen to those boys at Red Channel Condition. Well, actually, that would probably be a good idea. I'd be in favor of that. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board. Yeah, so maybe, maybe we should support that. You know, like Target, I don't know if you guys uh, heard about it or remember, but like maybe, I think, uh, maybe about nine years ago, like Target uh, already had the ability to predict a pregnancy in a woman just by tracking her buying habits. Wow, that's crazy. Pickles and ice cream sale detected. <laughs> yeah, like like really just more or less just tra tracking consumer spending and they were like, "Yeah, this woman is pregnant." Um so yeah, like this this stuff was has been in development and it's been such a slow boil. We're just all, I guess, used to it now or that it should freak us out. Um uh, but I don't know if it really does or yeah. it's just something that's expected you know right like i don't know you guys right like do you guys cover up your your mics and your cameras yeah when, when not in use. i definitely do that you know with my uh work computers and stuff like that with my personal computer you know, i just unplug uh the mic and camera or you know, i might uh mm -hmm. disable it in windows or something like that yep that's that's what i do I got big tinfoil hat energy. Like I'm, you know, I'm assuming I'm being <laughs> listened to, and I don't like that. Right. Um. What What about you, Pete? Well, I mean, as an avid uh, George Carlin fan and someone who's been listening to him since I was a child, like I understand the game of advertising, and I, I hate it vehemently, but I. I also don't, you know, I don't, I actually don't cover up my, my, my microphone or my webcam. Like, I don't care if the government or Facebook sees my nuts. 
I don't care if they see me snorting rails of coke. I don't care if they try to sell me coke. Um, it doesn't bother me so much because I know that at the end of the day, like an ad is an ad, and I'm either gonna if I want to buy it, I will. If I don't, I I'm not going to. Um, I don't like the fact that it's always watching and listening. I that it it is seriously irking to me, but I don't change my living habits around it. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I think. I think that's probably where a lot of people are. It's intrusive, but maybe not so intrus- intrusive that it actually causes you to do anything about right. it. Right. And and I, I yeah, that's kind of where I am. But I guess my question more is like to 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 the average Joe, um do you think that this is actually a convenience rather than scary? I mean, that's interesting. I think so. I don't know. I think you know, in some cases they do like you know, you have like those fucking you know like smart speakers like the Amazon Alexa and you know the fucking like Google Home and shit like that or even you know like Siri, you know like mm-hmm. so there are people that swear by you know, the usefulness of this, right? You know asking you what the weather is or just to set a, an alarm on you know some some device or your phone or something like that. You know, that it is it is in fact convenient to do that and of course you know to do that you basically have to opt into you know, uh, all these you know, companies you know, sloughing away your data and stuff like that right well mm-hmm. well i mean even further than that like what if i'm that guy scratching my smelly you know sniffing my smelly balls and i see that ad and i'm like you know what yeah i do want some gold bond medicated powder i'm going to buy it and like i'm glad that that ad popped up do you think people feel that way? I think they would actually. I mean, that's never happened um to 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 me where I guess the targeted advertising has been that precise and that on time. But I think it would actually be a benefit if it was actually that powerful of an ad. Well, that's the goal, right? That's the goal to anticipate your needs, right? Yeah, I think that would actually be pretty, pretty useful because, like, you know, when we go on Amazon and we buy stuff, right? Like, it says like suggested things that come with this, right? Like, its accuracy rate for me personally is probably like ten percent. But when during those ten percent, it was like, hey, yeah, I actually do need that, and you know, just bundle it all together for me. That'd be great. So, so I can see point... where it's useful. Yeah, that's the thing. I, that's, I'm trying to see the other side of the argument where people yeah. might actually see this as useful. But like, at what point is it seriously dangerous? Like, at what point, you know, are they selling me gold bond medicated powder, but they're also taking note of the fact that I'm snorting rails of coke and they're reporting me to the police and it's minority report and they know that I'm going to smoke. They know that I'm going to snort coke at 8 p.m. tonight, even though I haven't done it yet. Like. It, <laughs> What happens then? Yeah, that's probably that's probably when it's the most dangerous. Like you, you're you're that's, describing it right now. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, and and you know, once we get to one, I don't think we're that far away from the other. Well, you also now you know why um, these tech companies are so aggressive in defending their quote unquote users' rights from law enforcement, right? You remember when the iPhone was supposed to have some terrorist information. Oh right, and yeah. Apple was it's like, "No, no, I don't care. I don't care what's on there. Um, like, you know, you could have, you could have Bane's plans to sink Manhattan. Like, we're we're not going to help you open up that iPhone. Like, this is one of those cases, right? Because once that's out of the bag, and we as consumers go like, oh shit, they're just going to sell us out. That probably is going to change our our using habits." Do you think they did the right thing? And like, let's say they did have information on that phone that could save lives. Do you think Apple did the right thing by saying, no, we're not going to give it to you? As a person that cares a lot about privacy, um, I'm probably going to have to go with, yeah. Yeah, like you have to defend like your entire model as, as from a business perspective, definitely. But also from just a, a user, like I don't want... You know anyone and with a court order, and we know how easily those are. You know those can be gotten, right? Like, you know, open up my phone. Like, I want this company to defend my my privacy as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I do want that, right? But I also don't know if there needs to be like you know, 
something you there needs to be like a i don't know that there needs to be a red line for that sort of thing that like i did not you you i guess ask for or like there should like there shouldn't be for example an ability for you know people like i guess insurrectionists you know like you know back on the 6th of uh, january or whatever like there shouldn't be you know some place for you know people like that you know to just be able to conduct information and you know, you can't get it at all right you know there shouldn't be a place for you know like cryptocurrency scammers and shit like that to just be able to you know talk about how they're going to scam and then you know that information is just fucking permanently and totally completely ephemeral and like you can't get you you have no recourse you can't get your money back you know, and you have to hope that you know, the cryptocurrency scammers scammed a big enough fish that they'll be willing to pay you know 4 billion for the lawsuit to get 3.6 billion back you know what i'm saying like you know, right. there ha- there has to be some kind of middle ground such that the the scale of this is you know reasonable you know. right yeah, i guess that's my question too there's got to be at least maybe or some kind of question of scale like if if I had somehow stolen a nuclear bomb and hidden it somewhere, and mm-hmm. that phone had that information, you know, are you going to let a nuke go off somewhere? You know, because your privacy standards are X. At least you got to make the other side go through the go through the hoops. You got to, you know, you got to deal with it in court. Law enforcement already has broad powers to get information that they need. So you got to make them work for it, I guess. Like, I, Otherwise, there's probably going to be a lot of rampant abuse, which... Yeah, I mean, that's a tough nut to crack. I mean... Yeah. Because, you know, time's also... Time could be a factor in some of this stuff. Like, if that bomb is set off to go off at midnight, you have to go get a warrant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, 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 it's a really kind of tricky legal yeah. and, and, and social kind of intersection here. Yeah, I don't have an answer. I don't I don't know which side of the fence to be on for this one. That's you know, that's why I was saying that you know, the you know, we're dealing with tech and you know, its rapid advancements and the way that it interacts with society, you know, we're dealing it with it in like an absolutist legal way and we may not have, you know, you know, the absolutist legal way does not protect you know, our very human uh you know, needs. They don't address those very human needs. We might be too late you know, if we're waiting for the law to figure out how to keep us from being exploited or keeping us from exploiting each other because, you know, well, you know, this iPhone is, or, or this signal program is supposed to be totally uncrackable and, like, it legally must be or something like that. I, I don't know. You know. Just like you were saying, you don't know the answer and that's... Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys a question. I'm not I'm not a legal expert. I'm not a, a business expert. But like, what if it were the kind of case? So like, let's just say hypothetically, you know, the bomb situation. Would it be acceptable for Apple to extract the information, not law enforcement and extract the that that like, let's say the guy had a nuclear bomb, but he's also got child porn on his phone or whatever. You know, can Apple get the information to law enforcement about the bomb and, you know, omit or, or you know, not the child porn stuff or, you know, would that, would it be acceptable for the company itself since it's their hardware, you know, they're, they have the, the user agreement with the, the customer instead of just cracking it for law enforcement to discover whatever the fuck they can, would it be acceptable for the company to extract the necessary data? <laughs> I'm the, I'm the go with a, with a, with a loophole, like, you know, with issues with child porn, I like, Usually, there should be some kind of like duty to report where like it doesn't really matter. You just gotta, you know, because that shit is just so disgusting and heinous. Like, all right, fine, gotta, whatever it is, you, whatever. You They're go. not, but they can't. So I'm gonna use that le- like loophole. But no, like I, I get what you're saying. Like, should it be limited in in scope, in scope to whatever yeah. you're whatever you're fishing for, right? Whatever the pertinent dangerous yeah. information is. I guess that's better. So are we kind of advocating for Apple Court? To go through, I don't like that. I don't know if I'm advocating <laughs> anything. I'm just I'm asking: Is that a better solution? Yeah, like you know, are are we working our way towards an Apple Court where they get to uh, decide, you know, like what's a what's a fishing expedition and whatnot? Like, is that is this basically a tech appointed <laughs> warrant or or something? Like, yeah, I don't. I don't do you, do you swear to tell the truth, shit. the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a, that's a whole can of worms, mm -hmm. especially if you're trying to limit corporate power. Yeah. No, I don't. I have no answers for this. Yeah, that's, that's one. We just talked ourselves into a dystopia. Yeah. And, and speaking of dystopian tech moguls, uh, John, didn't you have a story for us this week? Yes. So you know, the, one of the OG you know, uh, tech moguls, you know, the famous you know, uh, 80s and 90s antivirus uh, entrepreneur, you know, uh, John McAfee, you know, John McAfee was found dead, you know, uh, hanging, wow. hanging, wow. In a, you laugh. <laughs> hanging in a Spanish prison cell. Um, <laughs> Jesus. And you still laugh harder. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, John McAfee what? is just a, a very, very special, special case. Like he's just, you know, that's, that's a wild boy. Like, you know, so you, anyone you who's you know, who's been dealing with computers since you you know the dinosaur eras of you know, you know your gateway two thousands and your Hewlett Packard desktops and you know, AOL floppy disks and stuff like that. Any one of you guys dealing with that shit like like y'all probably you know, in, you probably had a McAfee antivirus or some such suite installed in your computer. In fact, like hell, like even like your shitty work computer may somehow still have you. Know, uh, McAfee, you know, suite or something like that. You know, Symantec suite involved somewhere in your, in your device, right? And you know who killed him, right? Probably Norton. Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, like you would, ne you would never suspect Peter Norton doing it, right? Like apparently Peter Norton's like a fucking nice guy or something like that. Like he's got like a, you know, like lives in like uh like Martha's Vineyard or whatever in in. Uh, Massachusetts, you got a big ass house. You lives right next to like Supreme Court justices, and like you know, has like a, a mixed family and stuff like that, like an interracial family. Like he's a he's apparently a nice rich guy, so he probably does in <laughs> fact you have you know, hit men out there that would have killed John McAfee, right? <laughs> this story was just so interesting to me because I mean maybe unlike you guys who actually know a lot about. Um, maybe his life and, and, and the circumstances around it. Uh, I was not aware that John McAfee had such a, a, a colorful life, shall we say. And I, I thought what, a, what, a, what, a, what an interesting, uh, and uh, I guess for me at least, unpredictable end to uh, a, a tech mogul's life. Yeah, like this, this guy had you know, a crazy run. So of course, you know, in the eighties and the nineties, you know, McAfee antivirus was you know the one of the bigger antivirus programs in the world, and he made like a shitload of money on shit like that, right? Then in you know, uh, you know, in the finance, the Great Recession, right? You know, so he lost like a metric fuckload of money you know, in the financial crisis, and then you know, started you know, traveling all over. All over the world as like a, a you know like a millionaire about town right you a, a crazy you a crazy businessman or whatever right doing drugs and shit all over the caribbean right so you know and he... i'm sorry apparently the idea of losing a fuck ton of money means that you can travel the world as a millionaire doing drugs that's all i mean that just says how much money he had he can lose a <laughs> fuck ton of money and still have enough money to go do that that's kind of incredible i'm sorry john yes please continue yeah, when, please when, continue. You, when you're super villain rich you can do it all you know they just let you do it right <laughs> <laughs> you know um but yeah so he he fled the u.s you know, you know, evaded taxes in the u.s of course because that's that's what you always do as a as a hardcore libertarian, he believed that taxes were illegal, and you know that the free market <laughs> should decide you know, you know, uh, everything, right? So, you know, well, decided he was broke, right? You know, you know, as as fantasy land, you know, uh, financials and stuff like that tend to do, right? So, you know, after you know, he lived in Belize, did mad drugs, you know, fuck the natives and stuff like that, you know, got really into bath salts and such. <laughs> And then Jesus. apparently he also you know, he brought got brought back to the U.S. because you know, he was suspected of murder, right? So there is like a there is like a, a American expatriate like this dude named Greg Fall, and you know, he uh, 
like he died somewhere in Belize and he was a neighbor of John McAfee and you know of course you John McAfee was like fuck this you I'm not you know I ain't talking I'm not ta- I'm not snitching on about this you know, I'm not going to allow the police to question me for reasons right you know, and you know, he continued to circumnavigate the globe you know, fleeing from the cops both for murder and also for decades of tax evasion right so you know, he was arrested in you know twenty twenty in uh, October for you know tax evasion in Spain, right? And then you know in June of this year, you know the indictment was unsealed, right? And the Spanish government you know, announced that he was going to be extradited to the U.S. in Tennessee, and so he mysteriously died a few hours later, right? You know, so he was hanging he was hanging in the in his cell. This this dude just you know, randomly you know Jeffrey Epsteining himself. <laughs> it was super hilarious to me, super interesting. Like this guy lived a crazy life. You know, this guy you know ran for president twice. You know, this guy you know lived all over the globe. This guy lived on like a fucking you know, pirate bay style you know, uh, extra legal floating boat thing. You know, to live outside of you know, government uh, regulation. You, know, this guy was brilliant. You know, at computer programming and stuff like that, but also really into drugs. Like, really, 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 really into drugs. Like, super into drugs. Like, he famously used to post on, like, you know, uh, websites about drugs. You were talking about his experiences with drugs. You know, so he famously you know, uh, talked about, you know, doing uh, MDPV, which you know, we know as a bath salt. This dude, you know, fucked until, like, his dick was raw, dude. Like, it was just... <laughs> yeah. You know, this this guy was is like mirror universe Steve Jobs or something like that. It's amazing. So he lived his best life. Yeah. Essentially. He lived he lived his best life. And, you know, because you know, McAfee, you know, kept spiraling into, you know, more and more craziness or whatever, the la- the last thing that he did, you know, after he you know, died or whatever was post a giant cue to his Instagram. Right? Wow. So that was that was the wow. last thing uh that he did. Right? You know, so you on the on the way out, you know, he had to you know get into that you know, uh, that QAnon shit because you know, that's that's what all the world's crazies do. You know, Maybe he was Q though. Maybe. Maybe that's the angle no one is is considering. It, you know, it it is entirely possible, right? You know, it's entirely possible that he's Q. You know, and like he he you know, he was running like a big cryptocurrency company or whatever. So he had he had all the fuckery that exists in the world you know, orbiting him. Right, the whole galaxy of of <laughs> questionable stuff. Right, QAnon, cryptocurrency, hardcore drugs, you know, murder, you know, murder, you know, tax evasion, <laughs> you know, you know, fucking the natives in the Caribbean, like everything, everything. Jesus. Rags to riches, yeah, to yeah. rags. Like he he was part of the full fuckboy cinematic universe, the whole thing. You know. That guy get, gets like what is it the the platinum trophy for life like he did everything <laughs> he really did you know, this this was just a an amazing story to me like I can't I honestly can't wait until they make a movie about this dude's life because you, you know, he he lived he lived a life he lived a life you know wow yeah I mean look we 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 each get one trip right it seems like he he did. He did. He did everything. Like that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good way to live it, I guess. And and it's not like he he crashed. He crashed and you know died way too young. He, he's like he was like seventy five. Yeah. No. Like he no, wasn't that's even. A, like... That's a that's a pretty good run when you're living like he did. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just interested in the future of like uh crazy tech moguls and stuff like that. Like who's gonna do you know fuck shit next? Like you know now that Bill Gates is getting divorced, you know like I wonder if he'll spiral. You know like McAfee. You know, like, is he going to end up in, like, some sort of, like, you know, Thai bathhouse or something like that, like, fucked up on heroin? Right? You know, is there Holy gonna, shit. Is, is Tom from MySpace going to be sitting in, you know, a bathroom somewhere, you know, like, with, you know, like, a kilo of coke and a gun pointed at some hooker or something like that? Like, a, ch- <laughs> a, child, a, child, a child prostitute or something like that? Honestly, yeah. I think that's the best we could hope for from these tech moguls, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, because what's the alternative is that they become like a real life Lex Luthor, you know? Or maybe they and, pay some and... taxes like that would be cool. Right, that's possible. That's not going to happen. Mm. 
it's worth a roll of the dice, right? This is America. It's so weird. Like all these people. Like I, I don't, I don't know if they were crazy before, or if that amount of money makes you crazy. But <clears throat> money and drugs. You know, it's it's absolutely insane. Like several people I work for are just that rich, and they are, and they all have a little bit of that craziness. Like I've never met someone whose net worth is, you know, north of like fifteen to twenty like million, who is just completely normal. Well, I mean, that so, makes perfect some, sense. Something is something is a little tweaked. Once you get to that level of the game, I mean, you you start believing you don't have to play by normal rules, or that you know that you're you're a little bit yeah. better than normal rules. You know, like that level of crazy wealth has to make you a little bit crazy. Peak, peak Mac- like a whole lot of crazy in his case. Yeah, Peak, peak McAfee had $100 million just like liquid casually like in, in, just before the the Great Recession, you in 07. So like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like the kind of personality required to get to money like that, to be hungry for money like that, to grow something, a business or you know, other organization to that scale, like you have to be a bit of a psychopath. Like you have to, it doesn't even matter. Like if it's like a business, like to be like an athlete or something like that, to be, you know, to get mm-hmm. to that rarefied air, you got to be crazy, right? Like you have to, right. To, to be, to be like the best or like great at something, you have to be a little bit nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, so like if you had McAfee money, is, is this how you, like, do you think you could avoid turning out like that? I want I want to believe that I you know, wouldn't you know, do that, but like I know for sure that I'd probably end up immediately building like a, a like fight island or something like that where I have people you know, fighting to the death or something like that. Like, <laughs> like I would waste yes. I would waste no time building fucking rockets that blow shit up for no reason. I would have you know, I would right? have that Futurama style golden statue blowing fire talking about remember me. Well, but, also remember the guy was painted into a corner. He was going back on extradition charges to face. Ta- I mean, the guy was going to go to jail essentially right so you can't yeah. go from you know eating bath salts and and fucking the locals and you know having jillions of dollars to you know being in jail i mean i i i, I it makes logical sense that he would kill him i bet you he was really tight that he had like planet money like that but like was about to end up in jail like he fucked up the one thing the ultimate mistake that like usually like rich people and like at that level you know, have is like you don't fuck up the bag for others like you don't like, you can't have the money be traceable, and you can't fuck up the money for other people, right? So, you know, you know, IRS always wins, right? The house always wins, right? You can't avoid taxes, like, forever. There's legal ways you can do it, right? But if you're not doing it legally, like, the account, you know, the IRS is going to get you. Yeah, yeah. he should have just played the game enough, paid his goddamn taxes, and then been, like, space rich mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. That's what he should have done. Yep. I love that murder charge. Like that, that, that was kind of wild. But, but you know, he can get away with that. You know, but if, with that, with that kind of money, I would have bought like I would have bought prisoners from like Vietnam or something and put them in a fighting ring on my private island and streamed that shit. Yes, and like, like on Twitch, he totally could have done that. He absolutely, he absolutely could have done that. You know, but he fucked up the bag. That was his mistake. He one hundred percent could have done that. But he he flew he flew too close to the sun. I think Pete would be like in that position in like a, at the end of the week, <laughs> totally like strung out on like a cocktail of drugs. Oh man, you're giving me too much credit. A week, a full <laughs> week with that kind of money? Forget it. Forget it. I don't think I'd make it a night. Uh, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, but now you got my brain churning with private islands with uh, killing arenas. I just want to host my own death race you know where where people can can fight for their freedom like I is that how that works times. if you own a private island can you can you just like you know do like you don't have to care about like human rights international law anything like that i you know i'm i'm, I'm sure i'm sure you have to like, i'm i'm sure there are i'm sure there are things like because even epstein had like some kind of private sex island and eventually that kind of yeah but not till he was dead you know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's when we're like, oh, he was bad. Yeah, he was a bad guy. But while he was alive, nobody gave a shit. Yeah, I guess like you know, like it wasn't until pretty much the end of his book right. that uh, that it really mattered. Well, he was. So I, I guess Clinton. you can get away with it for a long time. 
Right. I wonder what other kind of like crazy, crazy rich people sex islands there or, or you know, prisoner fight pits actually exist because you know that shit's real. Oh, for sure. You're, you're going to tell me um, like like some of the oil princes don't have like secret fight pits. We should do a Red Channel Condition undercover story. Wow. John, wow. I volunteer you to go find out and fight in those pits. <laughs> Find out for us and report back if you're still alive. What if I get kidnapped and raped? All right, then you leave a video diary for us to remember you by. <laughs> be like a found footage thing, like a, yeah. like the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, exactly. We'll be like, what happened to John? Let's find out together today on Red Channel Conditions. Wow. <laughs> oh, the podcast will train to a true crime podcast. I like it. Well, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> we need more viewers. John, go get like, kidnapped. There you go. That's, for that's forward thinking. His last words on his on his video diary were, Peter, Mike, help me. <laughs> Very cryptic message. I don't know what that meant, but. <laughs> I don't know. Should we, should, should we have helped him? No. I don't think that message was meant for us. You know, I think it was really more for, you know, in general. You know, like, John in a fight bit, though. I think he'd come out the victor. Like, just oh, sna sure. snapping necks like goats. Yep. John has taken life before, like mammalian life. This is, like, he, he is not someone to be fucked with. It deserved it. Also, it was delicious. Wow. Like, like true Klingon. Like he killed it and he ate it. Wow, that's right. I don't know. I, I, I think this is all I could really talk about. Dystopian uh, tech moguls and, and rich people. You know, it just makes me angry that I can't live that kind of life. And, you know, on that note, fuck it. That's all the time we have for Red Channel Condition this week. Um. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Catch us on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you're interested in more of our content, head on over to the Red Channel Condition YouTube channel. For questions, comments, or if you just want to drop us a line, send us an email at redchannelcondition at gmail.com. Thanks very much for listening, guys. See you guys next week. Peace out.